Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week on Tia Time. We'll get to the show in just a moment. First, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have posted a rating on Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast is an app that can be downloaded to your phone or computer. The algorithm it uses allows more artists and art enthusiasts like yourselves to hear about the show. So if you haven't posted a rating yet, do it now. Thank you. On with the show. Welcome to Tia Time with Artists, the weekly podcast where we discuss the methods, challenges, and real-life experiences of living our creative dreams. What kind of creative warrior are you? Musician? Filmmaker? Painter? Choreographer? Poet? Sculptor? Fashionista? Let's talk about it right now. I'm your host, Tia Imani Hanna. Welcome to Tia Time with Artists, and this week my guest is singer-songwriter, instrumentalist, Ceci Davila. Thank you so much for coming to the show today. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to talking with me. I'm always excited to meet new people in the arts, especially, so thank you. Thank you for the time. I got your name from Kathy Elliott, and I know you've worked with her, and she's one of my favorite people, so... She said, hey, you have to talk to these great people. And I'm like, fantastic. Now I have a South American connection. So I'm really honored that that you uh, decided to come on the show. So we talk generally about people's histories, what inspired you to be an artist, what kinds of things uh, made you want to be the musician that you are today. So mm-hmm. where did you start? Did you have a musical family? What made things happen for you? What made you decide to be, become a singer? Oh my gosh. I don't have a musical family. I'm the only musician that are like living right now. I I know I have a distant cousin way back who was a composer too. But yeah, right now I'm the only working musician, artist in the family. What made me become a musician or a singer? I don't know. It's not something made me a musician. I think I was always a musician. You know what I mean? I feel like I always knew without knowing. Like I've always known that I wanted to be a singer, a musician, since I remember. I remember singing and and, and like composing these songs in my head since I was like very little. So I think music chose me. Mm-hmm. instead of me choosing music so for me it's been so easy now and I feel like I always knew that I wanted to do this and to be in this musical path and then now that's lovely because I always knew I wanted to do it I didn't know I wanted to do it to make a living right. <laughs> so, I mean did, did that transition come separately or was it like oh I'm just gonna do this and this is all I'm gonna do and that's always been it it's always been it. Actually, my parents weren't as supportive at the beginning. I actually studied a different career for two years. I was in hotels management for two okay. years, mm-hmm. which was really cool too, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if I want to do or if I think I can do something else, it hasn't fulfilled me. So I think it's connected. If you want to do this, and and then you can live of this mm-hmm. it's a gift so i feel very fortunate that i can do both like i can do what passions me and then i can live of this thing as well yeah yeah i'm always excited to talk to people who are doing it because even i've been doing it but not ever as a full-time thing it's always been um i had to have another job to support mm-hmm. the music, mostly because yeah. I'm afraid of wow. not being able to eat. Oh, and I'm yeah. a violinist. I'm not a classical violinist, not anymore. I do mm-hmm. jazz violin. So yes. if I'm going to have a group, I have to be the leader. I have right. to create the situation. I don't get called for sideman gigs. I don't get called to sing on stuff. It's my group. I call everybody right. else. In order to sustain that level of being able to be the boss and hire other people to get my projects done. I think there was a level of fear for me that I just could not maintain that base level of I can pay my bills all the time yeah. and do all of the work as uh-huh. a leader. Uh-huh. So I think for me, it was like, okay, I have to get something that's steady so that I know the bills are covered. Then at least I don't have to be afraid of that. 
and then right, I can make right. the music. And, and we're just, I wanted to, I, we talk about this a lot with different artists that come on the show. It's like, how do you actually make this work? And everything is viable. Everything is a good way to make it work, but it, different things work for different people. Yes. So I'm just trying to get as many different uh, viewpoints on what what works. And it's, it's very cool that you're just like, I knew this is what I was going to do and I did it. And so I'm always, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank <laughs> you, <know>? you. <laughs> because you, you are able to do that. Okay. You were singing, you're writing songs, you play piano as well. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not a pianist, but I can, I can manage my chords, my melodies. I can write. I, I usually write on the piano. Okay. So yeah, it's my tool. Like I, I use it to teach too, but not a pianist. Okay. <laughs> and are you generally, are you instructing as well on a regular basis or? Yes. Okay. Yes. So when you were talking about making a living out of it, yes, I've, I think I've been very lucky, especially in a country where we have less artistic areas in which you can produce and, and make money and because here it's a country of a lot of opportunities but at the same time like the music market it's is small okay. so i've been very lucky because my fr I, a lot of my friends they actually had or have to do something else have a, a side job or like a steady job and then make music as a a, a hobby or to fulfill the passion of yes. music i've been lucky to actually live like everything i do i don't have like a, a full-time job in music but i do have a part-time job in a university i teach music in a university i have my private voice studio i record jingles in different studios i do workshops i recently directed the voices for a musical so i do a lot of different things but all of them are in the music area so okay. i've yeah i've been fortunate uh, and i've been like maybe it's like the precise time where i was able to do all those things yeah and the market is, is small like here you can either teach or perform mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it okay so you met people that they said oh hey i've got this project let come and do this or has it been like you going in, and looking through the newspaper or something and saying hey they're doing this maybe i should just go meet them how much of it was you just spearheading the, the search and going for it i guess it's been uh i've actually been contacted more than i was looking for stuff okay when i graduated from the from college before graduating i was offered a job to be a, a voice teacher in in the university i was studying in okay so that was my first musical job other than the usual gig and performing in a restaurant or a wedding or something. So that was like my first official, very serious musical job. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've been contacted actually for the for this musical I was working in. I was contacted too. I, I auditioned to be part of the cast. Oh, I was accepted. But then when I once I was accepted, I they they were like, hey, would you? be the vocal coach for that <laughs> I was like what <laughs> okay yeah so I yeah I yeah I don't know I it's part and part of looking for stuff and also being looked for okay just being in the right arena and timing is everything I right I guess yeah <laughs> I guess. timing and preparedness so right. right all the time that you spent in the practice room Oh, has yes. paid off. That's a good thing. Yes. That's a great yes. thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, this musical, this was a something that happened at the university or was it more of a external thing? The, the sorry, what? The, the musical that you just did? Oh, was the musical. This... Yeah, outside. Outside the university. It's like a private production. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. Is that still running or? We actually have one or three more shows in a different city in okay. Ecuador, like next month. So we're in a pause right now, but we're doing a little tour. What's the musical? Mamma Mia. Oh, Mamma Mia. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. Yes. It, yeah. Oh, it's been amazing. That's great. So did you, so you're doing the vocal coaching for that, but 
Are you also part of the cast? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I almost, let me tell you, I almost died. I thought I was not going to be able to do it. It was so hard. It's also my first musical experience. Like I've never done musical theater before. So I'm not a dancer. I'm not an actress. And I had to learn on the way to dance and act and also do the vocal coaching of a musical, which I've never done before either. So <laughs> yes, what a learning experience that was. <laughs> yeah. Cliff diving 101, go to parachute <laughs> on the way down. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Oh yeah. It felt like that. It yeah. felt like that. <laughs> I know. And then you're getting in front of the public right oh. at the same time. So there's no, <laughs> There's no buffer. You're just there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, you pulled it off because obviously it's working because they're like, come back, keep doing it. They didn't say, get out of here. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wasn't fired. So that's yeah. a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> yeah. I, I lived in New York for 11 years and that was one of the things I had to do when I got there was to just say yes to everything. And yeah. it was like, I, okay, yes. Do you sure. know Celtic fiddle? No. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. So I did this small musical. It was a one weekend gig. I walked in, this guy, this guitarist had written the music for it. I didn't know anything about Celtic fiddle. I didn't play Celtic fiddle, but I said, well, I can figure it out. So we played a rehearsal and he had very little, the music was like, whole notes and half notes so it's okay but this is not Kel- he's like just put fills in and I'm just what are you looking for i don't know what style you're trying to get there's oh this kind of fiddle and this kind i know there's different genres right right i'm like what are you looking for so i, I rented a, a couple of movies that had celtic uh-huh. types of sounds in them and i listened and i for the night and i pre- played with them i said oh okay i got the feel now and I went in the next day, I was just whipping out these little licks. He was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> I was like, I said, yes. That's you know. it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But it's, it's funny because all these folks are looking at me. I'm not Celtic. So they're like, okay, this black girl is going to play all this Celtic stuff. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What a great story. <laughs> so it's just funny. Those kinds of things happen and you have to just say yes. Hey, being able yeah. to do that is a little nerve wracking, but right. it's good when it works. It has to work. It has you to know? work. You know, you already said yes, it has to work. It has to work. Right. You said yes, yes, I did. Um, but it's not the level that we're looking for. That's fine. I understand. I haven't done it very long. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I'm just starting in the Celtic. I started middle. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's all you can do. Saying yes, it's life-changing, I feel. Like, because before, when I was a student, we have resistance. We are immature and we're young and we don't know better. And you have all this taboos and all this prejudices and and you you are afraid and scared. and, And But then as you grow up and you mature, it's like, why not? And yeah. for me, it's been like, I'm happier now. I'm happier now, even being out of my comfort zone constantly, because like new opportunities open for you when right. you are open to say yes. True. So yeah, say yes to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it is a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes, but, and then it's like, what kinds of things do you do when it doesn't? So yeah, uh, keep trying. Mm-hmm. yeah keep trying keep doing it next time i'll it. do better mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, there's definitely times where you're like oh okay i don't know anything about this and i know i don't know anything about this so i'm just gonna go and have fun at the audition because right. I know yeah the thing is try you mm-hmm. have to try yeah, yeah i heard an interview i can't remember who it was now some famous actor and she said that her grandmother or her great-grandmother probably her great-grandmother had been in the hollywood during the golden era like in the Uh 50s and or 40s and 50s and she said that her grandmother was a very studious kind of person and just said broke it down into math 
And she said that there's in order to get a gig in Hollywood based on talking to a lot of people and talking to casting directors and some different things, there was like a statistical number. You have to go mm-hmm. on. So that let's, I can't remember the numbers were, but let's just say you have to go on a hundred auditions and out of those hundred auditions, you're going to get one gig. And so if you can't go, so just know you're not going to get a gig before you at least go on a hundred auditions. So that way she just said, okay, got it. And she just went on a hundred auditions. She got a gig. Then she went on another hundred. And then it got, the numbers got less because she got more and more gigs. People right. started to know who she was. Right. So the numbers broke down that way, but she just knew it was a number. Yeah. The number yeah. is like having that knowledge is okay. I don't have to get depressed because I just, I've only gone on three auditions. I so mean, I know yeah. I have to keep going, <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, at 97 right. more to go. So it's, it, right. it was that kind of a thing. And I wish that everybody knew that. So right. I am in my own little way. The podcast is going in that direction. It's like trying to tell people that that's the way to go. There's a right. number. Right. So just keep saying going, doing it. And for exactly. us, like independent artists, it might be you might have to do a hundred gigs before you have an audience or something to that. Yeah. Wow. That's relieving. Isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it takes pressure off because it's oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It takes yeah. a lot of the pressure off. I have ninety-seven auditions to go. I I know I might not get a gig before then. Right. So. And then after that, you have to decide if you get to the hundred and you still haven't gotten anything, then decide. We got to, I got to find out what the, I can't remember who the artist was because you can listen to the number that she said, but there's a statistical number and and it's like, but I would think a hundred is probably a safe number. Yeah. (laughs) At that point you reevaluate, okay, is it something I'm doing wrong? Am I going for Mm -hmm. the wrong parts? Do I need to wear different makeup? Do you know? Whatever it is, right? You right, just reevaluate right. after that point, and then right. say, "Okay, I'm gonna try another hundred with this new thing that I figured out." And then yeah. I, you know, yeah. always decide what you're gonna do, what your limits are, and and work from there. But I just thought mm-hmm. that was such a freeing kind of an, an yes. idea. Yes. So. Uh-huh. I'm gonna keep that in mind too. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought I'd share that just because Thank you. It's just one piece that that really touched me. It's like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, I'm getting to be a a middle-aged woman now. So how many more years have I got? (laughs) (laughs) So now it's switched again. Right. You know, now it's switched again to okay, I only have this many more years to probably maybe if I'm lucky to live. So therefore Uh We're just going to do it <laughs> right. no matter what happens. Yeah. You just have to keep going. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Very <anyhow>. interesting. Desperté pensando en ti, saboreando el azúcar y el maní, segura de que al salir, el pichinche, el cotopaxi están ahí, parece que saldrá el sol, hoy no llueve porque ayer ya granizó. El busque ya se aceleró Rumbo sur y en el centro me dejó
so you're teaching at the university. So what kind of age groups are you teaching? Is it co- it's all college level university? Yes. Students? Yeah. So uh, 18 to 21. Yeah. And it's vocal coaching or is it some other kind of? It's okay. I'm in the vocal department. We do styles. So different styles, blues, rock, jazz, or R&B, world music. We do vocal improvisation. Mm-hmm. We do technique. And yeah, pretty much that. Uh huh. That covers it, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much everything. That's pretty much <laughs> <laughs> But what I, I work at this really cool music program in which they have one style every semester. So they focus, they really focus on that style for the whole semester. So they have, first semester is blues. Mm -hmm. So they have the blues ensemble and then they have a blues workshop and then they have the private lesson that focus on that styling and technique. And Mm -hmm. like everything has to do with the style of that semester. So it's really cool. It's really cool. And they pay so, a lot. Yeah. Like, how big is the department? Like, how many students do you uh, tend to have? It's small, like 200. Maybe a little less with the whole pandemic thing. And the numbers went down. But, yeah, it's a small department in a big university. Like, pro- music programs are usually smaller than law or, yeah, you know, sure. medicine or whatever. Mm-hmm. What university is it? It's called Universidad de las Americas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was that a, they just asked you after you graduated say, Hey, teach here. Or did you well, go through a whole process? Once again, so I finished college and I taught in that university, different university at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I taught there for three years and then I was like, Oh, I am going to go and do my master's degree. Okay. So I went to Michigan, to Western Michigan university in Kalamazoo, okay. very close to Detroit. <laughs> And I, I did my master's degree. And when I came back, one of my former teachers of that other university, San Francisco, contacted me. And he was like, hey, I'm developing this new program in this other university. Would you come and teach here? So once again, I was looked for this okay. nice, steady, full-time gig. Great. <laughs> well paid. Yes. Fantastic. And at that time... I think I was the only or the first master's degree in jazz. Mm. Okay. So, wow. yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't very usual to have a, a, a degree in music, first of all, and then a master's degree as well. Now, the master's is the new BA. You have to have a master's, right. otherwise you haven't studied at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Now it's You it's should a get thing. a plaque that says first master's degree. At this. I'm not kidding. Seriously. Put that as a big badge of honor on your resumes and everywhere else. First one, first, because it makes yeah. a difference. It does. You know, and have it in your wallet like a little badge, like the FBI, and say, look, first one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely toot your own horn on that one. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, it is funny how things have changed that you have to have a master's degree now. A right. bachelor's degree is like graduating from high school. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's all oh, whatever. Who cares? Right. right. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I can't even imagine going for a master's degree. I don't have a, uh, I have a degree in biology. Oh, um, a bachelor's degree in biology. So I have no music degree, okay. but I've been doing music forever. So that's what I'm saying is <laughs> it's weird how the world works. I was like, why, even though you've, you've been doing music your whole life, but you don't have the, the, that piece of paper. Oh, no, you're not a musician. But, so, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Some, I think some of the most amazing musicians in the world don't have degrees and don't. some of them don't even read. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you're just like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. But, yeah. They, and they know more than, I don't even, so many yeah. people. And exactly. over time, they've learned different things. They know a little bit, but they don't mm-hmm. have the written capacity right. in, in the same way. Right. Uh, like they don't get it right, quote unquote, correct, but it is right. correct because they write amazing things. They just, they, the translation is what it really is. They're worried about you being able to translate what you write mm-hmm. so other people right. can read it. I'm right. like, that's why we have recordings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
So anyhow, what kind of, I've seen some of the stuff you have up on YouTube. You've got a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, I think something for a couple of years ago, you were doing transcription of, of Ella Fitzgerald, I think yes. it was, which was fabulous to see because I know how long those take to learn. <sighs> My God, yeah. <laughs> it was a couple of months. Yeah. Because just talk about that a little bit. Because I, I don't think, I don't know how many people actually do the transcriptions anymore, but maybe in music schools they do because it's just part of the tradition. Because you can't really go, there's necess- not necessarily a jazz club where people are doing that kind of music right. anymore. Right. So you can't even hear it live anymore. Right. Um, and not very many singers can do the scat singing like that, or they don't know that's something that's possible or in the listening skills involved in doing that are tremendous to pull apart a solo by ear and then yeah. imitate the sounds in time and then because just that particular solo you did i think it was airmail special i think yes um the references in that song there's so many references to other songs in that <laughs> yeah yeah. So many. And and most people don't even know the, what the references are because right. they're so old. They're right. 80 yeah, yeah. years ago, some of these references. But it's mm-hmm. kind of cool because you just go, okay, if you've listened to a lot of different jazz, it's, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know what she's referring to there. Yeah. And so a lot of them are songs of the day or they're, they're instrumental references based on solos from other musicians that did from back in the day. Mm-hmm. So you you might so the reference might only be like five or six notes or it's a turn or something, and you go that's a Charlie Parker reference because you mm-hmm. went like that and that's a, <laughs> right that's a Charlie Parker reference or you if and you're like yeah because at the time that's who was hot or that's where she was listening to or it's a Louis Armstrong reference uh, or something right, right. Um, but there's so many in there and I don't. <laughs> Like, how do you teach your students about that kind of stuff? How do you go about teaching them about references and things? Oh, wow. Uh, hard question. How do you teach anything? It's like, <laughs> and how do you, music, I find it very, I find it crazy to teach such a ambiguous and non-tangible art mm-hmm. to someone because you can't see it. You can only hear it and, and feel it. And you can see it like written down. It's very different, like the feel that you have in paper or like what you actually listening to. Teaching music is one of the craziest things, I think. And it takes a lot of time. I feel like I'm still learning. I suppose everybody feels like this, that we are learning until we die, especially about music. Every day you discover something and and you make a click about something that you haven't done before. And so I, I think the college experience in music is, how do you say, like a synthesis of... A synthesis? A synthesis. Of, yes, a synthesis of a very compact and fast synthesis of s- such a big universe how do you teach students about loving jazz in a country where jazz is not a tradition like i find a lot of resistance from my students i was resistant when i started studying basically because my options were i want to study music the options are classical music or jazz that's it and i was like i don't really like jazz i don't know much about it Okay, because classical, that's not my thing. So we don't have that jazz culture, that appreciation of of that music. So eventually I I learned to love it. I absolutely love jazz. I do other things now, but it's a big thing in in my influences and my compositions and like what uh, kind of singer I am today. It's because of that. So trying to teach that, I guess it's through inspiration, maybe through saying, hey, this worked for me and and say how, like this was my process or whatever. And with transcriptions and references, 
It's like recognizing. Like we as human beings like to recognize stuff mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes us feel part of something. Mm -hmm. So when you listen to a quote, like a, a phrase that someone else did, and right. you feel happy because you recognize it, it's like, right. oh, I, I, I know something. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, and like trying to, to teach my students that it's important that you recognize things and that you make things that people can recognize. When we talk about motifs and motif development in, in their solos, and we need to, assim as an audience, we need to assimilate what you're playing. That's why jazz is so misunderstood too, because there's always too many notes and too many things happening. And we're like... Wait, what? <laughs> But once you recognize something, it's like, I know that I'm, I'm right. happy because I know something. Anyway, I don't know if I answered the question. I <laughs> you did. No, you did. So, well, what is the, I think I, I was speaking to, do you know Pata Granda? Yes. yes. I was speaking to Pata and she was saying that reggaeton is really big. In, but what other musics are super big in, in Ecuador? What kind of music? Yeah. What is like, the most popular thing urban or reggaeton really like american pop okay is a big thing like okay. we are a very american or americanized culture okay. we love the states we love the food and we have food chains and clothes clothing chains and like a lot of a lot of american products and influences what else actually Ecuadorian traditional music is starting to get bigger okay. because of a lot of students, of music students, uh, people that are studying music formally. And it, this is funny because we've always had traditional music, but now that people are starting to study music, have this curiosity now of, okay, Why am I studying this American right. genres, blues and jazz, when we have all this beautiful, unique, mm -hmm. traditional music mm -hmm. that nobody's talking about? So there's a lot of curiosity about traditional Ecuadorian music just now, which is weird because we, yeah. we should have done that way before. So, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I think it's mostly pop. That okay. It's big pop. Urban, yeah. That, that's what I wonder because I don't know what traditional Ecuadorian music sounds like, and I'd love to, <laughs> because uh -huh. I love all the different stuff from different parts of the world. Because I like to mesh all that stuff together because it's like different parts. You've heard bits of it because some, uh -huh. you know, obviously people from Ecuador have gone to other places and taken that music with them. It's showing up in different parts of the world, but you don't yes. know what bits of it are from right. Ecuador. Because you haven't heard the traditional. I can send yeah. you some stuff so you can... Oh, that would be great. Yes. Because the more I know, the more I can look up and more I can... Oh, but this person, this... Okay, great. Right. You know what, what, what I'm talking about now. But yeah, it, that's the kind of thing that I, I'm excited to hear about is like the new stuff and the old stuff and what comes out. Because that's... Jazz has always been the same thing as that because it comes out of the blues tradition. But it, then it started to pull in the Tin Pan Alley songbooks and pull the blues tradition into that uh -huh. uh, as well as the gospel tradition. This came out of um, the blues. tradition, And then all of that got meshed in. And then later on that got pulled into rock and roll mm -hmm. that got mm -hmm. pulled into all these different things. And then later at past that, as that spread out to the world, the blues got pulled out of rock and roll. So now there's a lot of rock and roll that has no blues in it at all. Mm-hmm. Because right. it's completely different and you can hear it. There's no blues in it. And it's okay. That's rock. That's different. That's like hard rock that doesn't have, it's not even hard rock. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's something else now. It doesn't have the blues in it at all. I thought of it like that. Yeah. But what you can, you know, if you listen to things from the 50s, they're definitely, it's all blues based. Right. Yeah, right. especially the boogie woogie and all that kind of stuff. Chuck Berry and yes. um, Little Richard and that kind of stuff. All of, and then went to the '60s and it gets a little bit more electric, more electric, more noise, more mm -hmm. wall of sound. But there's still always a blues bass to right. of it. And then you hit the '80s, 
70s and 80s and it starts to go out of that a little bit right it goes yeah. a little bit further yeah. out and then you start to hit heavy metal which is it takes yeah. the blues out of it all together uh-huh and then it uh-huh. just expands and expands and and there's i don't know someplace you got into the 90s and you get that garage right. um sound whatever the heck that was uh-huh. uh, i mean uh-huh. i just don't understand enough of it yeah. now to uh-huh. tell you where it even comes from but it was mm-hmm. a style. So mm-hmm. now we've got people who just get on the mic and go rah, 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 like that. And I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what that is. Nobody can understand it. I don't care how into it you are. Nobody can. There's no words. So there's no it's words. I mean, yeah, something. But it's very strange. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. death metal, speed metal, demon metal. There's all these kinds of things. Yeah. And so there's no blues in that. Right. There's no words yeah. in that. There's hardly uh-huh. any uh-huh. music in that. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. People love it. And that's okay. But I well, I don't think I'll ever understand that. But Because you're not expressing anything but... Rah, rah, rah. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you're just angry. But I, I just don't understand that level of... What does that mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But fortunately, there's music for everybody. There so, is. yeah, we can all be happy with the options we have. <laughs> it, it, it is one of those things like, how do we get? I guess I want more people to know about where they came from. And then you could go out and do all those different things, but understand a little bit more about where it all came from. So yeah. then when you reach out, at least you, that you're coming from this starting point that had all of this rich. Yeah. But do you think it's necessary? Like it's like mandatory to, because I, I feel like there's a lot of musicians, great musicians that could not know anything about, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just writing music and, mm-hmm. and can be great too. Oh, I think that's true. I also uh-huh. think that at a certain point, you think you're the only thing new under the sun. And it's been done before. Well, yeah, I mean? yeah, and, yeah. And I also think that just from listening to the people that I've listened to, especially in the dra- I'm really into the jazz tradition more than anything else. But everybody that I, I really adore had people they listened to. So I go back and listen to who did they listen yeah. to get to where they are? Because wow. I'm still not where they are. So where, who did they listen to? What did they you do? See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. did they do? Because it took yeah. them on a journey and down a particular path. In classical music, they talk about musical lineage all the time. I studied under Vivaldi, and Vivaldi studied under this person, and this person studied. And then there's right. a very there's a strict straight line of teachers. Yeah. To get to where you are, martial right. arts the same yeah. thing. I studied well, yeah. under sensei, this person, this sensei taught me this in capoeira, maestro, blah, 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 taught me this and it, on and on. It's the yeah, same yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a lineage. You go into right. the Indian music. There's, okay, I studied under this guru and then they studied yeah. under this guru and yeah. then they went on these different paths and they started a new school that taught this stuff. But yeah. it teaches you very specific things so that you can hear things and see mm-hmm. things in a particular way. And then when you add your piece to it, you have a whole history of stuff that's already like already been taught and learned. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel because I've wasted more time reinventing the wheel when I was younger, mm-hmm. when I didn't have to, because I didn't have the, the lineage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's why I think it's really important. And I, I figured that out probably, luckily it was in my late 20s. I went to a music camp for adults mm-hmm. and they had a music history class and they taught me a bunch of stuff that I didn't know. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that mm-hmm. explains this and this. Now I understand why this sounds like this and why uh-huh. this person does this. And now yeah. when I listen to a person, I can say, I can tell you who that person's influences were just because how they play. Yeah. Yeah. And then you say, okay, they listen to these people and they really dug these people. So that's where they pulled their stuff from. You can hear it. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, it it also continues the line of of information from the past to now, mm-hmm. and so when you put your take on that, you're adding to that history, mm-hmm. and, and you're carrying all of your ancestors with you. So yeah. I think it's very yeah. important, and there's a richness to that. 
because yeah. one of the things in pop music, if you're some of the pop music, there's great pop music out there. And there's some pop music out there that you just go, why? Yeah, just like canned <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, nothing because there's no right. richness in it. Right. And, yeah, it won't be relevant soon. Right. So it's like it's relevant right now, but in a couple of years, it's like no. Next. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense what what you're saying, and I I think that's where transcription comes mm-hmm. and again for me that was a big part of why i used to transcribe so much because mm-hmm. i was like okay i really love ella why yeah. what is she doing and what how is she is doing she, and how yes. is she doing it yes to sound like her so i was obsessed i transcribed so many ella solos and so many chet baker solos and because i i was like obsessed with how do they do it? How do they sound like that? Yeah, yeah, it's a way of understanding why you love something so much. It's doing it, mm-hmm. doing it. And what you what you just said has a lot of sense. Like, know who you are, where you come from, know your lineage, your traditions, and then okay, in every aspect of life, like it could be in music, it could be in in. I I really love chefs programs, TV shows. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good one called, what is it? Chef's Table. Okay. And usually what happens is that they learn all this stuff in French cuisine. Yes. And they try to do it mm-hmm. and they don't succeed. Yes. And then they go to, okay, I live in Peru. Mm-hmm. There's this great chef in Peru. I live in Peru. What makes Peruvian cuisine so unique? Mm-hmm. And he started doing this menu, like in taking products from different altitudes of the mm-hmm. of his country. And he made like this amazing menu with all these products from different altitudes and all these different things with the French cuisine techniques. Yes. And yes. then he became one of the most famous chefs in the world. Because yes. he did what you just said. Look to his lineage and his tradition and what he, where is he coming from? Mm-hmm. And then he became great. Yes. You know? So I guess that applies to everything. It Once does. you know who you are and where you come from, then you can be big. There's in these people have in the past have already perfected all these techniques. Right. Whatever genre you're in, whatever art you're in, whatever skill you're trying to learn. So why am I trying to figure it out by myself when there's a history of people who can teach it to me? And it it may not even be like going to quote unquote a teacher. It might be going to, I'm going to Wikipedia. I'm going to the library. I'm going to listen to all of these things on Spotify. Oh, I just heard about this looking up Ecuadorian music. I guess I could find Ecuadorian traditional music and just start looking for different artists that do it and right. do that. But I wouldn't, if I was trying to learn that kind of music, that's what I would do. But if I knew people, it'd be easy, even better. Oh, who do I listen to? And I think even in, in pop, you always hear the people who have these huge careers that have been around for more than 15, 20 years doing music and they're still on the high level. They always talk about people who came before them, that they love these people. Yes. They know who they yes. are. I right. talk to kids now who have no idea who Stevie Wonder is. I'm like, how can you not know who Stevie what? Wonder is? Right. Yeah. How can you not know who Ella Fitzgerald is? How can you not know who Louis Armstrong is? And they don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they don't have that concept of right. the lineage. Where does the music mm-hmm. come from? Mm-hmm. They just think mm-hmm. that, okay, I play on the computer. I don't play instruments at all anymore because that's a whole other conversation because they've taken music out of the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't play anything. So they don't understand what it takes to learn something. Uh-huh. They don't understand that it's not just pressing computer keyboard <laughs> stuff. You actually have to learn how to play something. And then there's the three beats they know how to put together. There's and everything's hip hop and nobody sings. They all either do this thing where they're just talking like <laughs> rap kind of style or they're singing, but they don't know how to hold a, a long note. They don't know how to sing um, quietly. They only know how to sing really loud or the, what is it? The melisma on everything. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. Right. Right. 
right. <laughs> Which is it's, it's supposed to be something that enhances right, the, right. The, the tone, not something that's all, but they don't, under, they don't have a history. So they don't know. Yeah, you're right. So I know I, I am an old person talking and I sound like an old person talking, but it's important. <laughs> I no, think yeah. it's important. You're not old. Yeah, no, you're right. You're wise. That's the difference. <laughs> I, know, I just lived a little bit. That's all. It's just, exactly. that's all. Um, and I know, I know in my playing and stuff, I had to learn different things. There's, it's, I'm a violin player. So the vibrato is a very important thing as a violinist because, mm-hmm. but in jazz, vibrato is different. Right. You don't use vibrato the same way. Right. So it's like, when do you put a little bit on? When do you take it off? Uh-huh. Uh, if you play too much vibrato, you sound like a classical player. Right. I don't want to sound like a classical player. I right. use it here and there as an accent. It's like putting, mm-hmm. let's go to your chef reference. It's like putting a little bit of pepper in there, a little bit right. of garlic. Instead uh-huh. of putting the whole head of garlic in there, I'm just putting a little half of a clove. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that idea. You know, yes. You know? Anyway, I'm doing more of the talking than you no, are. No, I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I I could do this all day. So yeah, yeah. No, uh, I talked to. Let's see. Do you know Francisco Ruiz? Yes. Okay, so I yes. talked to Francisco, and he was he was saying that he's got students in his choirs and things that are just all different ages, and trying to get them all to work together and understand things is interesting as well like how do you because your groups you have 18 to 25 you said in your yeah, groups something like that yeah you know and do you get these kinds of questions at all in your lessons or in your like about, like what like how do i learn how to do these different things at these different levels or yeah they uh, some are more curious than others yeah they have questions and usually the questions they have is like what's the recipe to learn learn to do this mm-hmm. and it's like there's no recipe there's no right way there's just doing it and repeating it and try again like consistency and just a lot of work it's a lot of music is a lot of work yes so, uh, there's sometimes there's like the mistaken idea that if you have the gift if you are musical or you come from a musical family, you just have it in you. You have the talent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's a big part of it sometimes. But it's a lot of hard work and hours and, and learning and being curious and, and asking questions. And, and try to, because also there's a lot of resistance. This is a word I've been repeating. Resistance in a lot of things. Like they is like they are like I don't want to transcribe anything because I don't want to sound like anybody I want to find my own voice. Oh. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <You said what? laughs> and it it takes a long time for people that that think like that to make them understand how important it is to have influence. Mm-hmm. You it's impossible that you are not influenced by something. Right. If you live in a cave, okay, you maybe can. But if in this world, you are influenced all the time by everything, not only right. musical, everything, right. visual, food, everything. So it takes a long time to, to make them understand that, okay, it's like a language. Yeah. If I don't want to know any words new words of this language because i want to create my own language i want to write poetry without knowing the big poets what no you have to so that's a yeah that's a big one or they are very suspicious of you sure i have to do this yes i've been doing this way longer than you Mm -hmm. i i know a couple of things yeah (laughs) I don't know. There is this odd concept that they're just going to pop out and it's going to just happen and it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where that comes from. I truly don't know where that comes from because maybe it's because we're in a kind of a push button culture. Yeah. But if somebody told me to get up on stage and sing heavy metal, I could do it because I can do the, 
but right. I couldn't do it effectively. I couldn't keep that sound up for very long. I don't have the look. I'd have to learn what the mannerisms were, how to right. dress right. that way and yeah. major massive earplugs and things like that. <laughs> right. But yeah, but still, I wouldn't be able to pull that off. Uh, and yeah, so it, it is a very interesting thing that can I just do I don't know. What do they think they're going to just do? I, I don't know. What Do do they give you any uh, examples of what how they think it's going to work without doing this? They feel like, okay, they're talented. So they're talented. They go into music school. I don't know why, because they already know everything. So <laughs> they are talented. They know everything. And they want to have their own music project they want to write their songs and i don't know i I really don't know what they think how it's gonna work Mm -hmm. they think it's okay i'm a good singer and i write good songs and okay i i am i arrived i'm there i don't know i i really don't understand what for some maybe it worked or it works but right yeah not for most yeah, they just feel that they're going to record something and they're going to be famous. That's it. Yeah, I guess. That's, <laughs> and and if, if they're in it for that, then they'll weed themselves out really quickly. Yeah. Because you can't go into music for fame. You just can't. There's yeah. too much work. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's a lot of work. So well, we've gone on a major rabbit hole. So tell me about yourself. It's my fault. I started talking. Oh. So, <laughs> I, love so what, I love it. What are you working on right now? Okay. Right now, I'm still teaching at this university. Uh-huh. I, I teach. I have my private voice studio. We still have this other shows with Mamma Mia next month. I'm working with a contemporary vocal music group. We have a a contemporary music festival coming soon. I'm going to be part of a swing 
project too, like next month, like jazz of the 30s and 40s. Very entertaining. What else? Just released uh, a couple of months ago. I released a single. Trying to find out what to do with my compositions, my my album. Not sure what to do with that. And a couple of gigs. We're actually. I'm actually going to a different city next week for a tribute to the Beatles show with with a symphonic orchestra. Nice. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. And I I have the same thing with uh, Queen in a couple months. Okay. So yeah, like different little things here and there. And with a renewed respect for musical theater. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm really into musicals now. Like I I, I need to get serious with dancing i love it and I, i need to do more with it and acting so i could be more prepared for the yeah. next musical yes. so i don't just jump from the plane <laughs> <laughs> yes well now that you've done that it's going to be less scary yes exactly <laughs> you'll have the parachute already on instead of knitting it when you're falling <laughs> yes oh my gosh yes yeah oh fantastic so what's the name of the cd The CD is called Efecto Muere. It has eight compositions. I've released three of them. And I know I should do like an album release, but with the pandemic and all this thing, like everything got stopped for a while. So I need to decide what to do with that soon. Sometimes like album releases are weird now because the music... How you consume music is different now. Yes, I feel it it's harder. It's getting so much harder for artists to do music because you not only have to create a concept, create your music, record it, then you have to make it physical or release it somehow. Then you have to distribute it. Then you have to promote it and you have to be your own manager and make a marketing campaign and you have to be active on social media. And then you have to have a video because otherwise people won't listen to it. That's a lot of time, energy and money Yes, that usually you don't get back. So I've been questioning my approach to music in that sense i'm tired because i've been doing all this on my own for Mm -hmm. a very long time and it's still not giving it back to me you know what i mean yeah i don't know maybe that's that was it like that was the process i needed to go through and now i'm really excited about doing other stuff musicals still but Mm -hmm. other stuff learn about other things other disciplines and explore other music areas sure no that's great totally understand that and i applaud it because you just have to keep reinventing yourself all the time to get to the next version of you and you're like okay we've done this on this level so let's try this now and after a while you Uh do just have to shift this to try different things same thing with me i've worked with a lot of people I've, i've done my own band for several years. Uh, I've done a couple of recordings, but now I think I'm just going to write and record. If you buy it, you don't buy it. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be, I'm going to stockpile stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's been the plan. Now I started the podcast just so I have some community because with pandemic and everything, yeah, it's not going away. We're in year three now. It's not really going away. Right. Uh, and it keeps flaring, but this way, at least I get to talk to people, find uh-huh. out what the other people are doing around the world. And, and because of technology, we can do some work together. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there's ways to get around this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Rompiendo el silencio que me aprisiona 
traición, el odio y la pasión para sentir que estoy viva. Necesito gente que me recuerde. Anything else? You want, anything else you want to say to the the world of, of musicians and, and music supporters out there about making art before Ooh. we say goodbye today? So many things I would like to say. What's? I guess it's important. What you just said. It's important to to keep reinventing ourselves. Keep. It's good to not know. Too. It's good to not know what's next. It's okay to stop for a bit. It's okay because sometimes we feel a lot of pressure from the world, from our music community, from so many things. It, the world is so fast now. We feel that we should be producing content and stuff continuously and it's okay not to produce and it's okay if you don't know what to do it's you know i guess it's important to go back to what's what made you do this in the first place mm -hmm. for me music has always been a passion something that makes me happy that and and try to remember that like why i'm doing this and it's because i love it it's because i can't imagine my life without music, without art, without creating, without performing, without expressing, and stop thinking about what the musicians that know me are gonna say about what I'm doing. What, how much money I'm making? Am I successful? Quote unquote successful. Like all these questions that come from insecurity and ego, and like, I'm not, and I'm talking about myself too. Like I do this constantly questioning so i i think it's important for all musicians and artists out there to think about what is that make, makes you feel happy and why are you doing what you're doing and it's basically love because you love it and that's it there's not much more that's it that you make money that's on the side that's a consequence of that and great we can live of, of of our art that's marvelous but yeah we do this because we love to do it so remember that's the message <laughs> thank you so much Ceci, so oh, for coming to the you. show and, uh, and sharing your journey and your experiences and your spirit and your laughter so <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a treat to to meet you. You're such a deep, smart person. I'm so grateful that we did this. I really thank Kathy for making us do this. I feel like I already know you after this time <laughs> of, of talking, and I really enjoy our conversation. Thank oh, you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us this week on Tia Time with Artists. Make sure to visit our website at tiaviolin.com where you can subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Please leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts to expand the reach of the show. We really appreciate that help. And we'd also like to say thank you so very much to our sponsors, Michigan Art Share, a program of Michigan State University Extension, and Cold Plunge Records. And also all of our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. We'll see you next week at Tea Time. Thank you for joining us this week on Tia Time with Artist. Make sure to visit our website at tiaviolin.com where you can subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Please leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts to expand the reach of the show. We really appreciate that help. And we'd also like to say thank you so very much to our sponsors, Michigan Art Share, a program of Michigan State University Extension, and Cold Plunge Records. And also all of our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. We'll see you next week at Tea Time.